Listening to the MMAniacs with Nick David and Matt Kona. Gabriel Gonzaga here. You're listening MMAniacs. All right, all right, yeah. all right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, animals of all varieties, you are listening to the MMAniacs podcast with Nick David. And Matt Kona. It sounded like you said antelopes of all varieties, which oh. I like. Maybe all that's right. how we switch it up. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe we're like a niche antelopes. market. Maybe we could be like a niche market where we where we just really appeal to antelopes and not a lot of yeah. other, but all species of antelopes, not just like like North American boy, yeah, antelopes, but male and female antelopes, all species. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, this is not not quite a reaction video. At, to 199 it's been we, we took a, a week off we're still getting oh, a crazy week to take off i guess with the uh, passing of kimbo slice the yeah a lot of news the lifetime banning of era hawani and, and, and then the subsequent undoing. reversal <laughs> right uh, i mean it was a huge media uh, backlash against it and that was really good to see what we're yet to it's uh, nice to see, yeah, it's nice to see that uh, that people had his back. I like that. You know, you can't, yes. you can only be a dictator so much, and then, yeah, and then the peasants start to revolt. <laughs> well, the last time there there was a big time banning in UFC was I feel like the, it was a long time ago. It was 2007 with Sherdog, and Sherdog is still banned from getting credentials. Correct. So there's a. Uh, unfortunately, Luke Thomas spoke about it at length on the um, on the live chat. If you subscribe to the MMA Fighting YouTube channel, and there was also a, a recommended, almost a audio docudrama on the MMA report with John Pollock that is worth a listen for any of you. And that doesn't just cover the Aero Hawani saga, but the entire week's events uh, at, at and surrounding UFC 199. So, hey, we'll, we'll mm-hmm. just plug those podcasts at the beginning of ours. Don't stop and we got, to we, uh, we did do a reaction. Senior, we did do a reaction to 199. Uh Immediately after one, yeah, but I mean that that the, the stuff that we, happened after, right? We didn't because get we, after, I and then we didn't really cover the we went off the air. Probably, uh, then we uh, we didn't really cover the the Garbrand um, Almeida fight either, or that card really at all. Uh, I think well, we might have, I think we might have touched on it just a little bit. Um, yeah, but where do you want to get started, fella? Well, we just saw an interview about Fedor Emelianenko making his fight pass debut, or live fight pass debut rather, um, this Friday morning. I'm gonna be watching. It's a lot. Oh, the old freeze up, and then he was gone, and then he was gone, and then he was. God. I'm going to take a picture of your uh, face uh, 
it's stuck on the screen. You look very concerned. Uh, and I'm going to text it to you while I wait for you to come back into uh, the digital realm with me. Uh, so for those of you listening right now, my co-host, Matt Kona, did a little, we did a little phone in with him and, uh, I was going to drive down there to Boston tonight. Uh, that was my plan. I was going to drive down to Boston and do a, do a podcast. And then there's a, then there's a, uh, there's a poker game with a bunch of, bunch of other comedians that happens down there. And it's a really fun time. A lot of, a lot of cool people hang out with down there. So my plan was to go down and do all that and visit but uh i woke up this morning just uh, sick as hell and uh so i went out to the garage and got everything set up and uh, we decided to do it do it via google hangouts so uh for those of you anybody that's interested in uh, watching um the conversation that we have with each other you can do that on youtube you can do that on on our channel uh the mma maniacs podcast channel um, and, uh, you can see our facial expressions, I suppose. That's the, that's the benefit of watching it there. Um, but as you, uh, many of you know, or, uh, maybe some of you don't know, uh, there are a lot of ways to listen to this podcast. You can listen to it on iTunes. Uh, you can listen to it on fans.fm, which is our home base. That's where we, uh, that's the, the website that we go through to, to, uh, to get it so loud. Really, really loud. Oh, there he is. Okay. Uh, so I was just explaining to our listeners. Well, hang uh, on, hang on. I got to. Uh, hmm. it's, it's off the air, so I have to. Uh, I don't here, know why. Here's a. Um, I'm going to show you a picture of what your face froze like. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, you look very concerned. <laughs> You look very. I, I was. You look very concerned, but that's your. There's your. Uh, let me see. Where's the camera? There's your. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> you look. Uh, you look like maybe you might cry. Don't cry. Okay. Wanna, we're all I, right. I'm gonna try not to. Uh, well, I think I, I gotta re uh, reboot the the old broadcast. So hang on one sec. All Bear right. With me. Um. um while you're getting that going, I just was telling our listeners it doesn't. It, uh, you can wait, and we can do it again. But I was just telling them the different places that they can listen to it. If you're, if you are a subscriber in one place, you only listen to it in iTunes. There's you can listen to it in Stitcher, uh, Pocket Cast, Podbean, um, Fans.fm, which is kind of our home base, and then of course our YouTube channel, which is where you can watch the Google Hangout. Um, and see our facial expressions as we talk to each other. Yes. All right. Let's try it again. All right. I may have to. Uh, I may have to close this window and basically just re-add it. Um, so we shall see. Right. Or, or I may not have to. Uh, And then he was gone, and then he was gone.
All right. Hello. Ta-da. Yes. Hi. Hi. It's back. Yay. We're back. Uh, where I am broadcasting from a remote location, not in the bunker that I normally broadcast from. Um, I'm visiting uh, my mother's house, and when you said you couldn't come down, I thought I'd head back to Boston, so I'm here. But unfortunately, <coughs> internet is not good. Not as good as I want it to be. Mm. Oh, do you have I'm a cough as well? Bad internet are, we, are we both sick? No, no. I'm not sick. Oh. <laughs> I just had right. I don't know, a chip in my throat from an hour ago. That's not uh, good. Well, I am, anyway. I'm, I'm pretty badly sick. I'm, I don't get sick very often, but usually when I do, it uh, usually kicks my ass pretty good. I had a very long weekend. Lots of I did five shows in three days and... Uh, so I think I ran myself a little bit ragged. Uh, also was out in, out in Chicago last week, and uh, so I lost a lot this of sleep. Mr. Nick. What's that? Yeah. Mr. Nick and the Dirty Tricks is the band you're uh, checking out. You want to? Yeah. Uh, they were a rock and blues band. Looking up. Thanks, man. Well, um, I have no excuse except not chewing chips fully. Um, but I think it's ironic that the the feed caught out in the middle of me complaining about how difficult it it kind of was to understand a Skype feed with a Russian translator going back and forth (laughs) right Uh, Um, we should uh, maybe I'm just being censored by Vladimir Putin somehow mm, we Um, should uh we should contact a female 90s rock star and see if she can write a song about it. Okay, we'll <laughs> do it. Uh, it. It was very interesting, though, uh, because even though uh, the questions were a little bit stifled, uh, Fedor, he says he would like to fight in the UFC one day, and mm. and it was a little awkward because the interview was done sitting beside the Beside the EFN president, and they only have a one fight deal, so that uh, that'll be one and done probably in St. Petersburg. And if he can take out Fabio Maldonado, who has claimed that he will be juiced to the gills because uh, there is no uh, <laughs> athletic commission, great, no athletic commission in Mother Russia, so oh, you gotta take every advantage you can. <laughs> so, hey, well. It's a freak freak show fight, and yeah. I had I had I had almost hoped for a moment that the uh, that the UFC 200 fight would have would have been uh, Fedor versus uh, Barack Lesnar, uh, and and the opponent, of course, is now Mark Mark Hunt, right. who is. Uh, who uh, was also a guest on the uh, MMA Hour following that. So That would have been, that fight on UFC 200 would have been bigger than any fight ever in history. That would have been the biggest fight on UFC 200 if it was if it was Fedor versus Brock Lesnar. Wow. Right. Hey, but th- that fight was rumored to have been tried, to attempted to do 
be done at Cowboy Stadium, and I think that it's right. almost too too big for UFC 200. Mm-hmm. They would have to go to an outdoor arena to, to fit the amount of interest there would be. I mean, and it could be, but also it could be a case of the Floyd Mayweather Manny Pacquiao syndrome, where is it too late? I think there would still be mm-hmm. interest, but there wouldn't be as much interest as when Brock was in the UFC before and right. Fedor was the king of pride in uh, before he was ultimately defeated by Verdum and a little bit of the shine taken off. Uh, regardless, it's not happening. It's still Mark Hunt, still an uh, interesting matchup. And one thing that I wanted to point out is um, I've read Mark Hunt's book. It's cheaper to get it on Kindle because you don't have to get it imported from Australia. And I've read Brock Lesnar's book. So this will be the first time mm-hmm. in my life that I've seen this will be the first time I've seen a fight between two authors. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> That's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Battle of the authors. I don't Whose know why they're not doing it like that. Um, well, they're they're both good, but they're both about their lives, so it's not to, right. to really say. Hunt has had a, a much harder life, so he's, he's had a lot more to um, to get through, but. Uh, not that Brock's life is a complete cakewalk, uh, but he also it was interesting because of the pro wrestling angle and the tales of life on the road in that industry, which is not as uh, people. It's a lot of things that the average fan doesn't see: the loneliness, the drug abuse. He talks about prescription drill, drugs and vodka, uh, and just isolation and getting out of that, but. Uh, Mark Hunt has also had to overcome a lot of that. He had a, he was addicted to. It sounds weird to say. Huh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, addicted to poker machines. Mark Hunt was. Uh, yeah. Oh no shit. Yeah. yeah, video poker. They call it the pokies in Australia. Oh, and, interesting. And now Mark Hunt is is his fight camp will be in Las Vegas. He's in Las Vegas now. <laughs> and he's going to be there That's until UFC funny. 200. So, uh, I, hopefully I, he doesn't I blow his, uh, hopefully he doesn't blow his whole paycheck on pokies. Well, hopefully he, he, he can focus on the training camp to get ready. And, and Lesnar, well, uh, I mean, he's living up in isolation up in, uh, Western Canada. And what, one thing that was interesting to me, that Helwani mentioned at the beginning of the podcast is when Lesnar walks out, he'll be wearing the Canadian fight kit. Hmm. You know, because all the UFC, the Reebok walkouts, they have the the country and the flag on there, and well, he's been living in a farm in Canada for quite some time, so he he will be rep- representing Canada. Did you on the see? Card. Uh, he was on uh, uh, an ESPN or something. Uh, that's a couple yeah. Days that's ago. where they made the announcement. Did for, you watch uh, that? I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched it in clips. Okay. Because uh, I actually yeah. I thought it was going to be on primetime Sports Center. It was on at ten thirty in the morning, so right. I, I missed it. I haven't I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. But did you hear anything about his training leading up to this? Has he been in camp? Did he? Did he? Was it? Did he know that he was going to fight and has been under wraps and and the, they were just keeping quiet about it? But he was quietly training, getting ready for a fight. Or is he? Or did it just happen? And he's just started training, you know, two weeks ago, and he's ready to. He's going to go in well, that way. He says that he he's he just started basically this weekend in his training regimen. 
But but he's a guy that I don't know. I I would not it would not surprise me if he was always uh, working out hard anyway. And even though he's been off TV since um, since WrestleMania, which was back in March, uh, he seems to be in real good shape then. So um, we'll see. I mean, he's he's not dealing with the diverticulitis, so. Hopefully he's he's healthy enough to uh, to get through. But we'll talk I think it's, more pro- I think it's it. probably pretty hard uh, to tell what kind of fight shape he's in by watching him on the on WWE. Uh, True. I mean, but he's probably like, he's he's an athlete, so he's that guy's always working out. But the working out that you do just to just to keep from getting cramps in the morning, and the working out that you do to be in shape to take a beating for three or five rounds is a very different yeah, I don't I don't record. think this this is gonna go three to five rounds. I doubt personally. it <laughs> I doubt it too. <laughs> I doubt it too. Um but that being said, I, I, I you make a, a good point, I understand. And it's uh well I, he seemed what I meant by seeing him on TV is he looks good. I mean it was a no holds barred match, so I don't think that's gonna happen in, in the UFC. He's not going to be using weapons in uh, against Marquette. He might want to use weapons because of the uh, the, the fists of Hunt touch touch you on the chin. You're, you're going to sleep. But um, it is for show. There will be more talk about that. I, I just wanted to bring it up because it, while the Lesnar announcement was made uh, during the time of our last podcast. The, ES, the opponent had not been so we had both did a little bit of speculation uh, and it, it, it's it, we were both well, I mean, we, we, we didn't try to guess that that hard about it but it wasn't Frank Mir because of the suspension for uh, performance enhancing drugs which I think is they're still waiting to hear uh, more about that and that's sort of been the case with the USADA they, they notify you that they're is a potential violation, and then the process begins. And I think it's a little bit long and different for every fighter, so uh, we'll see how it goes. And also Frank Mir and a few others were – it's going to be a lengthy appeal process because they were claiming that there was tainted kangaroo meat or, or something that had <laughs> biotics in there or something because it was after – speaking of Mark Hunt, after he got knocked out by Hunt um, back in in March uh, – so both fighters are. I think all coming. kangaroo meat is tainted uh, with kangaroo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no I hear it enough. makes you a little. Uh, it makes you a little jumpy too. Oh hey! hey. All right. But speaking <laughs> of Canada, Brock Lesnar resides in Canada, and after a week off from, in the wake of 199, um, the UFC will be making their debut in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Headlines by the final fight on Rory McDonald's contract yeah. against Wonderboy Thompson. Mm-hmm. And, uh, a main event, uh, a welterweight bout that I've been looking forward to ever that, since. That's a crazy fight, man. That is <laughs> yeah. such a crazy fight. Like I, 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 you know, there's, 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 there's a handful of fights that really make me get super excited that's a really exciting fight to me that's a i mean that's a that's could easily be a title fight either of these guys could 
have have had the title now for three or four fights already. So, oh, hang on a second. Uh, Donnie Villanueva is calling in right now. I'm going to take this call. Uh, he's calling in from LCCT. So I'm going to take this and tell him to call us back on the other line. Give me one second. Okay. Give me one or second. Or if it's on a laptop, we could have him join in on video. I think he could do oh, that, too. There he is. Uh, hung up. Uh, so I have a. I'm going to have him call in on the Skype because I have my computer hooked up through Skype. I don't know that he uh, has the. If, he's, if he has a Gmail account and in a laptop, we can add him right to the, the video conversation. So. I guess you got options. This is an on-air mid-show. Yeah. So uh, that's a. I was just saying that uh, Donnie Villanueva. He's a he's a, a purple belt under Luis Claudio, who is uh, he is the. Uh, he's the he's the head instructor at LCCT in Schaumburg, Illinois. And for those of you that don't know about LCCT. Um, they are, he's a black belt, or Luis Claudio is a black belt under Hicks and Gracie, and he's the, he's the guy who is the uh, innovator of the go-go choke, who, um, some of you will remember, um, Ben Rothwell getting that on, um, uh, Josh Barnett. Face assassin, Josh Barnett, right. So, uh, so, Ben Rothwell trains there. Also, um, they have. There's been a a, um, a convergence of camps. The the people from Sick Jitsu over in Washington State have been flying out. Um, so uh, Michael Chiesa, Juliana Pena, um, all those folks over at uh, over at Sick Jitsu are have been flying out and training with Luis Claudio. So. Uh, so Don, I was in Chicago last week. I got to train there. I got to train there one other time. Donnie's a really cool guy. Um, so I'm going to tell him to give a buzz in right now, and uh, and we can talk about all those fighters. Uh, all right. So I just texted him to give us a buzz. I also uh, also on that card in Ottawa is uh, Tamman McCrory's next fight. Um, and so I, I messaged him the other day and I'm trying to get him on, on this podcast as well. So he might, um, I might be editing him in, uh, at the end of this podcast. I'm going to, I'm going to do those calls later. Uh, and also Gabriel Gonzaga is going to, we're going to talk about, uh, he has, uh, he's broken off from his long time school, uh, team link, which has schools all over the Northeast and Brazil and, uh, I think there's one in Chicago, um, and I think there's one over on the West Coast. But uh, he um, he's a longtime member of Team Link. He's broken off in recent, the last couple of months. Um, he started his own school called uh, Squared, G Squared. Gabriel Gonzaga, obviously, G Squared. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, any potential... Uh, what the future holds for him in mixed martial arts and uh and also uh, i know he's focusing a lot on doing some uh, brazilian jiu-jitsu competitions uh trying to get something worked out with metamoris and 
So we'll be listening to him as well. Um, just waiting to uh, waiting for Donnie to buzz in right here. all this stuff out uh, except for on the Google Hangouts anybody watching on YouTube has to deal with all this downtime that we've got going on right now uh, while we're waiting for Donnie I guess we can uh, we can continue the conversation we were having about uh, about Wonder Boy Thompson and Roy McDonald uh, and, and any other thing you want to, want to talk about for the rest of that card well from top to bottom it's a it's a pretty good representation of, of Canadian MMA and for sure. And Can you hear that? Nope. I can only hear you dropping things on your desk. All right. Uh, Donnie Villanueva. Hey, how's it going? Good. How you doing, my man? Good. Uh, good. So, Donnie, I, I was just telling our listeners, uh, Donnie's a, a purple belt under Luis Claudio, who is the, the head man behind LCCT over in Schaumburg, Illinois. Um, I've had the distinct pleasure of going out there and training a couple of times, and uh, Luis is great. Donnie's great. Um, they have some pretty big names that are training over there. And uh, it, the other day, you and I were talking, and you kind of told me, gave me a little bit of a history of how uh, how Juliana and Michael Chiesa kind of got hooked up with there. Could you would you mind telling that story again to our listeners? Yeah, well, I can't remember what UFC it was. It was um, Luis Claudio also trained Ben Rothwell, right? The heavyweight, you know, uh, fighter. Um, he, uh, I guess, they were at one of their um, the UFCs. Before, like, the week of the fight at the same hotel, and uh, Luis was going over a couple moves with a, another one of his old buddies. They used to train with Hickson, another, I think, another black belt, and they were just, like, rolling around. And uh, the coach of Mike Chiesa and Juliana Pena, his name is Rick Little, like, saw Luis, some of his moves and movement, and he actually, like, stopped and started asking him questions and was interested in the way he was flowing and moving. Nice. And they got him. They actually sparked his interest. He was real intrigued on how fluent and fast and. So it was right. It was right were. in the hotel, or it was backstage at the at, at the. I think it was a hotel. At the I hotel. I think it was a hotel yeah. before the. Uh, it was even. It was like way before the weigh-ins and stuff. So, like the week during the fight, and when they met, Mike Chesa and Rick Little there, and they saw him, and it was like a big deal. You know, it was real cool, and he kind of like, kind of like connected. You know, like first sight. You know, they just. Became pretty pretty cool, pretty, you know, like good friends. And uh, uh, Lou Juliana had, was out in Chicago doing some uh, autograph signing, oh, yeah. and on a radio, and uh, about, about I would say like a year and a half ago, in um, September I think it was. But um, also when it happened, she, she came out to Chicago to do that. So her coach Rick Little told her to come meet us, meet a uh, come to LCBT, come meet Luis. So just from that, just from, one seeing, of, just from seeing him at the at the uh, hotel. Yeah, that was after right. the fight. So after the fight, she happened to be in in uh, Chicago, and so I was me with Dick and another training partner of mine. We went and picked her up from Chicago to bring her to the gym to have her, you know, check it out and train with us. And uh, we got in the man started training and going over some stuff. She loved it and. 
she went back with great news. And then, you know, after that, the rest of her team had flew out and checked us out for um, a couple weeks. We did a, you know, like a, where her whole team, Sam Cecilia, Elizabeth Phillips, Mike Chiesa, and Juliana Pena, all four of them came. Nice. Who was the and, Who was the second uh, guy? I didn't hear Mike Phillips. Uh, Sam Cecilia. No, I know Sam. Yeah, well, I didn't hear the. Yeah, and uh, Elizabeth Phillips. So they had. Oh, came Elizabeth and Phillips. Had, okay, I didn't. Yeah, Elizabeth Phillips. They all had came. Um, I think it was not this winter, but the winter before that, they all had came and uh, kind of hung out with us for like two weeks and was training with us. So it was pretty cool. And since then, we had a good relationship with that with Sick Jitsu. They came out. You know, and trained with us for a while. We've even went out there and did a seminar and trained with them uh, this year, earlier this year. So we kind of like formed like a like a family, like an alliance. So it's real cool, you know, to share the same map, you know, and training with those guys. They're all good too, you know. It's a, I really like seeing those uh, uh, those convergences of you know really solid people hooking up and and training with each other. I, when we were talking the other day, I was telling you I, I really I, I love Kiesa's the way he's adapted uh, jujitsu to mixed martial arts. There's a lot oh, of yeah. people that are really high level Brazilian jujitsu people that it they can't get the translation uh, or just uh, it just right. doesn't translate to mixed martial arts. But his his like that uh, Benil Dariush fight, I was I couldn't believe that. I was like, if there's, I was like, if there's a, if there's a chance that Kiesa will lose, it'll be on the ground because Dariush is such a high level Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt. And I, and I, I, so I was amazed that he choked him out. That's, was insane to me. Um, yeah. Well, I was, uh, actually I stopped in for his camp for like a week and we worked with him. And, um, yeah, his rear naked choke, his back take is, is pretty ridiculous. He caught me countless times. I can't even remember how many times he kept nice. catching me in that same move. So I've been there. It's and Delarouche. I mean, we actually thought Delarouche was going to bring on, um, you know, a heavier onslaught. We were prepared for a lot more actually on the ground, so we worked on a lot of things. But right. thank God the fight didn't end up, you know, what we were preparing for. It kind of ended kind of quick in the second round. Yeah. So yeah, we it, it, you know it just happened to fall in that in that position where Mike was able to take advantage of taking it back and take, you know, finishing the fight right away without sustaining any more type of hits or damages or any bad positions. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Delarouche is a really tough opponent. Yeah. So it's really good how he can bring it. Like you were saying, uh, bring the, the jujitsu over to MMA. It's not very, a, very efficient. Yeah. It's solid. really, it's really efficient. And he's, uh, he reminds me of, uh, of Tamden McCrory, I think Tamden is a his his uh, the way he uses jujitsu and MMA is great. He's just constantly chaining stuff together. He's not waiting. He's not. You get a lot of really high level guys that it's hard for you to pass their guard. Okay, great, but what are you doing? <laughs> you're, right. you're holding the guy in guard, but what are you doing? You're not. You're just you're just protecting yourself as much as you can. Uh, I, I love seeing guys that are constantly chaining stuff together. Um, and Tamden's one of those guys. Kiesa's one of those guys. Um, right. And Louise's, Louise's back takes are ridiculous. I was, he, he was going over it last time I was here and then, uh, uh, last time I was there and then this time when I was there, that series that he showed, uh, it's such a, that the back take in the end is such a cool, it, it's so fast the way he does it and he just snatches you up and ends up like a backpack like, uh, like Damian Maya. He's just, on your back 
uh, in a second. I've been showing, I've been showing all my guys, <laughs> everybody I'm training with. I'm like, you got to see this series. It's great. Uh, yeah. So very, very a, hard to explain. It's a is believing when it comes to him. Yeah. You know, not overpower range. Is very small guy, about 140 pounds, just very swift and uh, very efficient. Like knows every move. It seems like, like nothing surprises him. Nothing's new to him. And then just the way he moves is effortlessly. Just takes everybody's back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so everybody, uh, all of the big name folks that are training over there right now, Rothwell, uh, Kiesa, yes. Juliana, Rock, they all Rock. have they've all have big fights that are coming up uh, in the oh, not yeah. too not too distant future. Do you want to you want to talk about any of those fights? Uh, yeah. Um, just recently, Juliana left uh, this last week. She was here for once. And she just went back to Sujitu to uh, finish how, up her. How long you know, you there? Like, um, about out. three months. She was three here. months. She and, came um, over from she came over from Seattle and spent three months over there training. Yeah, that her, her that camp, right there tells yeah. you that right there tells you what kind of training that she's getting over at LCCT. Uh, the fact that she would yeah. come over and spend three months over over there. So and right, I just I just was, missed her. <laughs> uh, yeah, you just missed her the I, same day. She I, the the same the day that morning. I came in to train was the day that she was. Louis actually left to go get her at the bring her to the airport, so I just missed her. But so we're looking for a big fight with her on uh, July 9th on a UFC 200 card against Kevin Gano. Yeah, that's a crazy um, fight. Very, very tough opponent. So they're looking at a barn burner. I'm thinking in that fight, you know, but. And you were we telling me you were telling me the, you were telling me the other day that they they're familiar with each other. They used to train together. Um, um Luis and Kat uh have a relationship from way back with um Mauricio Zingano, her right. late husband that, that 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 passed away. Yep. Um so he knows them very well through Mauricio and he had trained with them way before even before her career started in the UFC. And um but he never actually trained her for a camp or anything. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I guess he gave her an offer, but Luis didn't want to leave Chicagoland. He said, if you want to do your camp, you have to come out here, which for the Ronda fight. So she kind of turned that down, and who knows, maybe that fight would have been different, but things yeah. happened, you know. She didn't take advantage of it. And right around that time is when Juliana picked up and started training with Luis. So he's a pretty loyal guy. He's like Juliana a lot They're, everybody's really like family yeah so it's gonna be kinda awkward for him a little bit you know that he has to fight against someone he knows on a personal level but business is business you know it's a fight game you know right now Juliana's been really training hard doing her homework so her level's definitely improved a lot um looking for a good good clash a good fight so and I think the winner of this gets a title shot if I'm not mistaken. That would make sense. <laughs> that would that would yeah. make a lot of sense. They're in the top five. It's like the top, yeah, it's like the top five uh, bantamweights are fighting the same night. Misha Tate, Amanda Nunes, and uh, Juliana Pena and Kevin Gano will be fighting the same night. And um, I guess the winner, the winners of that will have to fight each other sometime, hopefully in the near future. Hopefully Juliana pulls it. And uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, after that, I think a couple of days later, Chess was fighting 
uh, Tony Ferguson. That's a crazy of fight. Their, of their show. That is such and a crazy yeah, fight. A, Michael Chiesa and Tony I'm, Ferguson is a... Yeah. God that's damn. That's going to be another barn burner. God damn, that's a barn burner. I get it. We were just talking to, about... Uh, <laughs> my co-host and I, Matt Kona, we're just, we're just talking about fights that really get right. me excited. And, and, and I was... Uh, one of the ones that's really gets me excited is uh, is Roy McDonald and uh, and Wonderboy Thompson, and and this yeah, fight, this fight <laughs> Michael Chiesa and Tony Ferguson is a crazy fight. That's such a oh, good yeah. fight. I can't wait to see. I have no. It's one of those ones where you just you have no idea. Both guys are so good. You just right. It's like what's going to happen? Both guys are real tough and and game, and they're both going to bring it. I'm actually I like both guys uh, when I watch the show. Both guys show. They both won their own show. They're, they're a tough show. Right. And, um, yeah, I rooted for both of those guys. Um, it just sucks when I got two fighters that I like. One of my, you know, my favorites in their, in their division. They have to fight each other. And it's yeah. like, uh, <laughs> but you know, I'm Mike. We've been training. We're cool. We're boys. I got to roll with my homie. Nothing, no disrespect or nothing against Ferguson, but man, it's going to be a good one. That was definitely not going to miss that one. That's like a few days after the UFC 200. Right. And then, uh, couple months later, I think end of the summer, we have um, Ben Rothwell fighting Paris over Doom. Yeah, and, uh, and that's uh, is that that's the one that's in Cleveland, right? Ben Rothwell yes, versus uh, Fabricio Verdum. Yes, I think the champ Stipe is fighting the same night right. against uh, Overeem. Against Overeem, and I'm thinking right. the same with that one. The winners of that will have to fight for the title. That makes sense. Oh. That's another one that makes sense. Uh, yeah. I, my co-host and I were talking about, had no out there for that one. I, I started, as soon as I saw that, that fight announced in, in Cleveland, I, I picked up my phone and I, I went on. Uh, I went on this little app that I use to uh, to book flights, and I saw the flights from Boston to Cleveland. And you could get them for under 150 bucks. I was like, "All right, Kona, we might be heading out there for this one." <laughs> Right. So we might we might we might go out and uh, and cover that one live for the MMAniacs nice. podcast. Yeah, that should be a good one. Um, especially with Verdum, his uh probably one of the best guys probably ever in heavyweight history in jiu-jitsu. You know, yeah. definitely in the top echelon. You know, especially today, he's caught Fedor give him his first finish and it was actually a triangle armbar. He caught him in the first round. So the guy you got to respect, you know, on the for ground, sure. caught uh, the. Did got the champ today recently before he lost his title right away with a guillotine. So Ben is working a lot with Luis right now on the ground to make sure we can shut everything he does down. And which I don't see, I don't see uh, Verdun making mistakes in jujitsu. Luis can see he has this, this sight, this vision where he says there's mistakes that he makes because everybody makes mistakes. So. Luis said he sees it. I believe it, you know. Even I don't see it, but yeah, we'll, yeah. See, we'll see what Ben does. And, you know, Ben's definitely very durable, known for his chin and his stand-up. He can knock anybody out. He hits like a freaking donkey. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> ground game's really good. Caught the last submission by Google. And, um, yeah, I mean, that was amazing a, against Josh Barnett. You know, yeah, never, Barnett. No, no one saw that coming. Catching him with a go-go, so... That was nuts. The move's legit. It's and a I fast, was, uh, it's a very fast tap. There was a lot of people don't know what it's what it's called or what it is. They're calling it like bear claw and all these other names, right? Um, ten finger, whatever. But it's called a go-go. It's different. It's a very choke. Hits the Adam's apple and it just 
so fast, it's right. so painful, so uncomfortable. Well, that's so another that's, movie invented by uh, Louise. Portuguese for for Adam's apple is a go go, right? Adam's apple, yeah. yes, go 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 go. I was uh, the the last time that I was out in Chicago was the day after that 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 Ben Rothwell got that submission. And I just happened to be there at the same time, and it was really funny. Uh, I was talking to Louise, and he was telling me how much he was getting phone calls from all over the fucking planet. He was like, everybody's calling him to ask him about what this go-go choke is. So, right. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Yeah, very, very uh, slick move and vicious technique, you know, very fast and direct. Um, yeah, so... We got we got a lot going on right now. Like Luis, right now, probably in um, probably with Ben training him. I know he trains with him several times out the week, so it's just nonstop for 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 Luis. He's been right from one camp to another to another, you know. And even before Juliana's camp got started, we were we knew she was going to get a really good opponent this year. We didn't know exactly who it was, but and she keeps moving up the ranks, so we figured she's getting close to that title shot. So we, we she started her training. In this winter, it was snow on the ground. She was out here right. in Chicago training. So, so um, yeah, this is like her second home. She loves it out here. Um, and she's been out here since, and she just flew back, and it's warm out. So she's been putting her mad time, definitely. Her jiu-jitsu is very solid. Nice. We're looking for something, you know, spectacular, hopefully. No, I'm well, looking forward to all three of those the, fights. All, all three of those fights are really yeah. exciting to me. They're, yeah, they're all they're really, really good fights. They're, there's, right. there's, not a, there's not a these, gimme in all, any of those fights. <laughs> yeah, these are all top opponents. Like I think they're all within the top ten yeah, all right. the fighters we just named. So definitely this is very important for everybody. Well, for Luis as well, you know. He's been working on the association here. Just outside of Chicago and Schaumburg and uh we've been growing too with these guys winning and stuff. More mm-hmm. students are signing up. It's getting more packed on the mat, so it's pretty cool. More people are finding out, they're flying in. Well, I was I was telling Louise uh, when I talked to him last week. I was like, it, when people are talking about the top trainers and they're talking about, uh, uh, you know, Andre Pedernaris or uh, Jackson Winklejohn or Faraz Hobby, I feel like his name should be in that mix. And so I'm down for anything that we can do here at MMAniacs Podcast to help him get his name out there. Uh, we're down for it. Uh, I, I really appreciate you you calling in today, Donnie, and I, I hope okay. we can get you on the podcast again soon. And, uh, and we'll get we'll check in after some of these fights and uh, and and get some updates from the from the camp. Definitely. All right. All right, Donnie. Thanks a lot. Uh, once again, uh, right, Donnie, Donnie Villanueva from LCCT in Schaumburg, Illinois. Take care, my man. All right, Oath. Oath. All right. Hey, Matt Kona. <laughs> Matt Kona's been sitting there quietly listening to one half of a conversation for the last 30 minutes. At least I got to hear half. <laughs> Where do we go from here, Matt Kona? Well, we were uh, getting started talking about UFC Ottawa. Yes, sir. And um, the fight night card that's coming up, which is a special start time. Uh, of 10.30 p.m., and because of, there's a NASCAR event going on. Uh, oh, really? I didn't know that. FS, yeah, and that's why the prelims are on FS2. Uh, I assume you have a show that night anyway, so we won't be able to react live to it. It's kind of a crazy weekend, Father's Day coming up. Uh, yes, but, yes. Uh, 
So you're saying it's a special start time because of a yeah. NASCAR event, and uh, I have I'm not savvy to this yet. Yeah, so what's because the start of time? NASCAR, and that's why the prelims are on FS2. So things don't get started till 10:30. Five pass prelims are at 6:45, uh, and there's the main event. Five pass has been doing the featured featured prelims, which ordinarily would be on the main card, but they're trying to spotlight it and. And they're doing that this time with Smiling Sam Ivy against uh, Elias Theodoro, the Spartan, who oh, looks yeah. like he could be a, a character on Game of Thrones. He's <laughs> a, a very handsome man. Did you but, watch last uh, night's episode? I did. And, and I, what, what I liked about it and, and I thought what uh, was interesting is there, there was a little bit of uh, mixed martial arts training going on in, in this, <laughs> yeah. this one. With the the footwork between uh, oh, with Braun, Braun in the in the the yeah, the, uh, he says he goes, watch your foot, your, your footwork, and then he, and he looks he down and he smacks him in the face. Yeah, so uh, that was pretty good. Um, so Elias Theodoro and Smiling Sam Ivy uh, going head to head, U.S. versus Canada. Uh, Theodoro uh, is my he's my pick in the fight. But um, we shall see. It should be a raucous crowd uh, up there in in Ottawa. So this, uh, there's there is one other card on the fight pass portion that I'm interested in, and it's a, a woman's strawweight bout between Random Marcos and Jocelyn Lynn Leibarger, who was uh, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know too much about her, but she was, a, a, I believe, a late replacement back in at the UFC in Australia, I think. Uh, of course, potential guest Camden McCrory against Krzysztof Jotko from Poland. Um, uh, hopefully we hear more about that if you're able to get in touch with McCrory, who uh, lives in upstate. State New York, so his road to the Ottawa stage shouldn't be uh, too long. And then Misha Serkinov against Ion Kotalaba, who is sometimes the the fight pet, or sometimes the fighters that are late replacements, or there's not much about they're making their UFC debut. Would just be a, a black face, and, and little is known about them. And they don't even have all the stats. It doesn't even say what country he's from. So, uh, but Misha Serkinov did look good in his last uh, UFC bout, his, which was a which was a win. I'm trying to see who who was over. Uh, and these guys are uh, light heavyweights. Um, yeah. But Serkinov's uh, eleven yeah, two. He, he beat two. Alex Nicholson at uh, Fight Night Vegas. Uh, uh, naked choke, which was one of those rare naked chokes where you really a, a jaw crank. Speaking of, when you're speaking about Michael Chiesa, that's how he defeated Benio Darush in his last bout mm-hmm. going around. Um, and then the, the, the main card, only five fights, but uh, all of them pretty interesting to me. You have first ever US UFC women's uh, strawweight, 
excuse me, women's flyweight bout between uh, Valerie Latorno and Joanne Calderwood. And uh, fighting for – there's not a division yet, but they will be fighting at uh, 125. 125, yeah. And Latorno, who took the strawweight champ, Joanna Yunjinjic, to uh, her toughest fight yet in a five-round decision – in, at UFC 193 uh, is looking good uh, I've definitely got her picked for this one it's going to be her first time back. well she, she was back in she was at Saskatchewan in Canada not too recently or in the summertime I guess mm-hmm. uh, Olivier Olivier Aubon Mortier French much? <laughs> He is the yeah, Frenchman for uh, sure. Otto, Many of Otto the people are, have the French in them from the Ottawa. Mais oui. Uh, he's 8-2 and two against uh, Thibault. Thibault. I can't say I don't know how to pronounce his name. Thibault, 11-1. and one. And those are both lightweight guys. Yep, and then the boss, Steve Bossy, going against Sean O'Connell who we saw uh, get knocked the fuck out in under 30 seconds by Alir Latifi in Boston. Actually, I missed it because I went to go, (laughs) I don't know, adjust my shirt, (laughs) tuck my shirt in or something, turned around, and and it was a done deal. It was literally one of those ones where you don't blink. (laughs) Yeah. It it took a blink of an eye, and it was lights out. And, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but the, it, that could happen with Steve Bossy again. I mean, that happened in his last fight uh, <laughs> where, where he was uh, making it, uh, I believe, his debut at light heavyweight. And he's a former uh, hockey star, minor league hockey star in Canada. But um, he hits really hard. And, mm. uh in this, but he he's also been knocked out really hard from a, a lot of his scraps in other athletic uh, callings. So, um, and another thing that's notable good. about Sean O'Connell is he tends to have very interesting uh, showdowns at the weigh-ins. So I'm always yes. I'm always look I always look forward to seeing what kind of silliness he's going to bring to it because I'm a big fan of silly. I like silly things, and he does something silly almost every time. So, ah, although you were, you were, you did go on record on the Animaniacs Pod Twitter account saying you don't like pageantry, but uh, yeah, but that's silliness. I don't like pageantry where people take themselves seriously. I don't mind pageantry okay. where it's nonsense. Uh, yeah. I'm just not. A, I'm not a well, big fan of like, uh, you know people taking themselves too seriously that kind of pageantry okay well what's the what would be an example of that what do you mean like when you talk about like luke rockholds uh it wasn't really pageantry but we didn't really talk about luke rockholds because we didn't watch the real we didn't watch the post-fight presser at the last time of the podcast but uh we didn't uh, watch i, I watched that, it uh, i watched it but we didn't talk about no it. yeah i watched it too but i'm okay. saying at the time of the Conversation that we had immediately following the event. Right, right. Uh, uh, I thought he was a, he was a little little sore uh, about how things went. He wouldn't even walk over and 
be in the center of the octagon to have his hand raised. And sometimes that happens because a fighter has been knocked the fuck out or is being tended to medically. But he was just sort of leaning up against the fence where the Rogan interview was and yeah. uh, just kind of... I think I said he looked like he was uh, in a cigarette ad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looked like... Uh, you know, he was Winston's. leaning up against the wall like... Grab Winston's. I'd be a Winston man. Right. Uh, so he was yeah. very. Uh, he was pretty arrogant and pretty dismissive after that fight. And uh, it's like, look, I, I get it. If you took the guy, if you didn't take the guy seriously, that's on you, dude. You can't yeah. be mad at him. He did his fucking job. He did yeah. his job. He trained his ass off, and he found the right spot to touch you on the chin. So. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's that, that just it's and, and uh, for all everything that I've ever said about uh, about Bisbing, he was a really class act after it, and he tried multiple times, multiple times he tried to bury it, and he'd go, "Look, man, I really yeah. respect you, and I, I uh, and I think you're a great fighter," and I. And then, as soon as he would say something nice about Rockhold, Rockhold would just shit on him again. And after like the fifth time, I don't know if you saw the video. Uh, there's a video after the press conference was over with where they got into a yelling match. Uh, they were both standing up on the dais or podium or whatever you want to call it and were, were yelling back and forth at, at each other because Bisbing had had enough of it. And I, I don't blame him one bit. It was, he, he went way above and beyond whatever he would have to do to be a classy guy to Luke Rockhold and Rockhold was a total dick to him but yeah you know, I don't it's I guess it, it, it's hard when yeah. you feel you have you have something taken away from you that you don't feel like under any circumstances should have been taken away from you but obviously they were you just have to accept it <laughs> you have to be if you want to be a champion act like a champion act like a champion be gracious go out there thank the guy let him know he did a good job and then come back and do it again but he just kept saying over and over again like it like like it wasn't it was like it wasn't real it was like it didn't really happen you know he kept yeah, trying to make it what's that can't argue with reality you're right it like that is. it's like no dude he shut your fucking lights off he knocked you the fuck out you were done so, say good job, shake his hand, then fight him again. Yeah. Well, what? anyway, the, after, uh, next, uh, back to Ottawa, the, the co-main event and the main event, I feel like we should spend a little bit of, of, of time on. Uh, although the odds makers have, have Donald Cowboy Cerrone is a, quite a heavy favorite going up against Patrick Cote and the this fight will be a welterweight. It'll be the second hmm. consecutive uh, fight for Cerrone at welterweight. Um, it looks like this could be his new weight class because this this isn't a last minute thing. This is um, just maybe it's because of the new USADA rules. Maybe he felt weak. Maybe we saw how how he crumbled against Dos Anjos in his hmm. most recent, possibly final fight. Uh, lightweight, so um, he's going against Patrick Sir Patrick Cote, who has been around for a real long time, and um, 
is actually like the official UFC commentator of Canadian broadcast. I don't think oh, that yeah. he's going to be doing double duty like Michael Jackson was when he did when he fought um, against Mickey Galway and then did the post fight press conference asking questions. That's right. <laughs> that was funny. Uh huh. <laughs> But I think a lot of people are underestimating Cote because... I've underestimated him on several fights and been proven wrong. <laughs> yeah, he's been around forever. Um, he's got stopping power. He seems confident in his, his wrestling ability. And Cerrone, um, let's be honest, his last fight, was he was basically signing autographs mid-fight against... The Brazilian cowboy who right. came in on extremely short notice and uh, was taken out pr- pretty easily. Um, that being said, I think you mean, I mean his, his last Cote's uh, uh, last two fights. I thought I picked the I picked Josh, Bur- Josh Berkman at uh, at Fight Night Holloway versus Oliveira, and I I picked Ben Saunders in. Uh, Dillashaw versus Cruz, which we were at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried to get Ben Saunders for an interview that week, but he he was like, "Dude, I've got I'm so crazy right now." So yeah, yeah. Uh, but I but I have been in negotiations with Ben to get him on the show. So at some point, uh, hopefully, I can get him uh, with enough enough time out in front to where we can get him on the on the show to talk about an upcoming fight. Yeah, I would love to hear you asking questions. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out properly next time, and we'll get him on Google Hangouts. But I want you to put on a, 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 a I want you to put a, a pillowcase over your head and earplugs, and so you can't see yeah. or hear him. <laughs> Just we'll get we'll get him to where he's on. It's on properly, but then you, but you but you'll be uh you'll be I'll be distorted. That's right. That's good. That could be good. Yeah. And the main events, Rory McDonald against Cowboy. Excuse me. Whoa, hey. So many boys. So Uh, so little time. That's a a crazy fight. Uh, I don't see anybody stopping Wonder Boy anytime soon. I think that dude is destined for the strap. I think he's going to. I think he's going to carry that strap out of the octagon in the not too distant future. Mm. Wow. So that's your pick, he's Wonder like, Boy. Yeah, yeah, that's my that's my pick. He's he's got that uh he's got that uh Leoto Machida kind of mystique about him, not only just because he's a karate guy, but uh you know, he uses that uh, in such an unorthodox way in in the same kind of vein as Lyoto Machida. Um, it's a very hard thing to train for. It's a very hard thing to find somebody who can move like that and, and hit like that and evade like that. So um, I, I don't, it's like uh, when, when Joe Rogan said, uh, welcome to the, the Machida era, <laughs> welcome to the wonder boy era. That's, uh, that's what I will say. Your thoughts? Nobody knows that better than Johnny Hendricks, who yeah, dusted. Yep. Uh, what are your thoughts on the main event? 
Well, my thoughts are that, uh, I mean, it, granted, it's been a while since uh, since Rory fought. It was July of last year. So coming up on a year, you know, fight of the year against Rory, excuse me, Robbie Lawler. Mm. Um, I think that he's trained and sparred with Wonder Boy before, and I don't think he's going to want to stand up with him. I think he's going to try to to wrestle him and, and take it to the ground because if it's a stand-up fight, it's going to be really hard. And, and Rory is a complete mixed martial artist. He has a good stand-up. He's, uh, he hits hard. He's got a diversity of attacks. But, but, but Wonder Boy is very dangerous and, and and he's not going to want to play into play into his strengths. Um, I think there's uh, it's a good chance that this it becomes a grappling match, or he tries to end it with ground and pound with submission. I mean, Rory's well, I think that's I think that's definitely big. Rory's where he could win the fight. I don't think he's going to win that fight standing up for sure. Yeah, or at least he's going to try to close the distance and get into the clinch where. Uh, Wonder Boy can't create space, can't try any of his spinning moves or the question mark kick, uh, wheel kicks to the head, which uh, has been his bread and butter in, in his last two two victories. Yep. Um, but he also he fought the day. Well, you know, he's only fought once since Rory's last fought because or twice, I guess, since the tough finale was the day after UFC 199 um, when he beat Jake Ellenberger. So, um, but that was also in a devastating fashion. So, um, mm, knockout TKO Hendricks, knockout Ellenberger, decision Cote, TKO Robert Whitaker, TKO Chris Clemens, decision Nashon Burrell, uh, and his only his one loss was to Matt Brown. Mm-hmm. That was by decision. The immortal. Yes. Um, so I, I mean, if I had to pick, um, I would because it, it should also be noted he's fighting for his next contract. He wants to get get paid. He wants to be the next biggest fighter from Canada to get paid next to Brock Lesnar. So, mm. um, well, I don't think there's any question as to whether or not that guy's going to get his contract renewed. I think the UFC would paid. be... The UFC He's going to get be, paid, but it's going to be... I think the UFC would be ridiculous to not uh, renew his contract. I'm sure they're going to... He's going to get some more money than what he's making right now, for sure. Yeah. Could Viacom open their pocketbooks? It's possible. It's possible. Hmm? Get them to EFN. Try to get to a crazy Russian promotion. Imagine that. If he went to a rival promotion and and they were airing on Fight Pass, that would be nuts. It's <laughs> uh, speaking of the speaking of that. It's uh, I caught a little bit of Fedor's interview earlier, and one of the things that stuck out to me was how uh, you know he said something to the extent of this promoter is going to be the biggest promoter that uh, it's like dude shut up 
<laughs> he's yeah. not going to be the the UFC is the top dog. This guy that nobody's heard of, this Russian yeah. promoter, is not going to be the biggest promoter that ever was. I don't I, I don't know if they have his family locked up in a dungeon somewhere in Russia or the mafia or something. But I, he's he's always that's always kept him from uh, from being in the UFC was all these other people negotiating on his behalf trying to get their cut of what it was not 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 negotiating for him necessarily but negotiating for them and it always has it always has felt a little bit um nefarious <laughs> yeah, and i don't have any there's no there, i don't have any concrete evidence of any of that but it's always felt just a little bit nefarious um anyways <laughs> Well, uh, I, I hope that should, hope he does. I guess we fight. should make some picks. All right. So, why don't we pick the main event, uh, co-main event? Well, there's only five card. There's only five fights in the main card. So, you want to just pick all five of those? There's not a a ton uh, that I know. In, not that I know in depth about everyone here, but. Um, I'm going to go with Rory McDonald, and he's my mm. choice for right. the main event. Um, I don't. I, I four years ago, uh, I feel like uh, maybe even maybe even longer than that. It was still how long is uh, how long is um, how long has GSP been out of the UFC? Three years. Now? Um, Two years? Yeah, I think it was 2012. 2012. So, closing in on four years ago. Um, I think I think that point was the best Rory McDonald we'd ever seen. And I, I, I think that he's... Um, I'm still a huge fan of his, and I think he's a great, great fighter, but I'm not necessarily sure that he's the same fighter that he was, and I don't know what the reasoning for that is. I'm not sure that he's... Uh, he, he looked just invincible for a while there he looked like such a murderer um and uh plus wonder boys come on the scene are you still there you look locked up oh shit matt kona got locked up all right well while we're waiting for him to come back on i guess i will give my picks here um let's see go back to the card here ufc ottawa uh, so you know my pick for main event, uh, Wonderboy Thompson, only one loss on his record, um, and such a, such a unique fighting style, it's gonna be really hard for anybody to, to figure him out. Uh, so I got Steven Thompson by knockout. By knockity knock knockout. Although, Roy McDonald's got a hell of a chin. We've seen him take some serious, serious beatings before. What was that one fight where he just got the nanny? Uh, I have to go back and, and look at which one it is. Uh, Patrick Cote versus Donald Cerrone. Uh, the battle of the two guys with the most experience in mixed martial arts in, in the same fight. The, the two guys with the most experience on this card. Donald Cerrone is 29-7-0. Patrick Cote is 24-9-0. So they're both pretty pretty close uh, in their record is right a right around there, right around the same. They've both fought in the 30s. Uh, Cerrone's 36 fights, uh, Cote 33 fights. So that's and those are pro fights. 
Uh, I got Cerrone on this one. Um, you know, it depends on which. Uh, unfortunately, it seems like over the course of the last last couple of years, we have uh, we've got a different Cerrone showing up sometimes, um, and that. Uh, all right. Welcome back. Dreams of your ticket out. Welcome back. Well, I guess it's okay that it was happening as we. I was just. Yep. Uh, I was giving my picks as you were gone. Uh, the first one they'd already heard. We. Uh, I got Wonder Boy. Um, the second fight. Uh, Donald Cerrone and Patrick Cote is the. The battle of the two guys with the the most experience uh, each on this card, with uh, Cerrone with 30, 36 fights, Cote uh, with thirty three fights. So they're both in that same kind of. Both have a lot lot of experience. And I was saying it. Uh, I've got Cerrone, but it's uh, contingent on what Cerrone shows up. The Cerrone that showed up for Dos Anjos um, was not. Uh, he did not click it off. <laughs> Cerrone did not, did not click it off that night. Um, yeah. But I, it, he does, he seems to do really good uh, against people that aren't the champion. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> Undefeated in non-title fights. Right. Except it's not. not. No? He's lost a couple. No. Okay. No, no. Well, he's, uh, he got seven losses, so that's uh, seven title fights would be a lot. I wonder what's yeah, the most I, title fights anyone has ever gotten that didn't win a title. Uh, I, I can tell is. you right now, oh. it's a Uriah Faber. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. and four. Two against Barrow, one against Aldo. I think Kenny Florian's Bruce. probably not far behind him. I think he's 0-3. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. that that big, that was a discussion on um, something I was reading or podcast I was listening to the other day uh, because Bisping previously was in the conversation for uh, best one of the best fighters that's never won a title. And I think it's definitely got to be Kenny Florian, or now. one of the best fighters that hasn't got a title fight. Oh, got a title fight? Yeah, yeah I think I think different. yeah, I know that was his first. Yeah, but um. But he's and, and this was this was an interesting. It, it was talked about on the um, MMA Hour when Bisping was being interviewed. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, there was a lot of talk about the return of GSP, return mm-hmm. of GSP, and well, what about the if GSP fought Michael Bisping because they're both tied for. Most wins in UFC history with 19. Oh, the old tiebreaker. Hmm. Yeah. That's but, interesting. Uh, has yeah. A, probably has, will never happen. It has interest generating possibilities, but you're right. It's probably not too yeah. likely. No. Uh, so, no. Cerrone versus Cote. I'm going to say Cote just for the underestimation factor. It's, uh, it, it's, it's, Big fight in Canada, and I think he's primed and ready for it. So, Cote is my underdog pick. I don't know if I'm going to put any money on it, but yeah. 
Right, and then uh, the middleweight division. We've got Steve Bossy versus Sean O'Connell. And uh, I like I like Sean O'Connell. Um, but yeah, I, I am going to go with the big boss man. Mm, yeah, Steve I'm going to go. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with boss myself. Right. I'm going to go with bossy myself on that one. I feel like uh, he's. Got, I'm really picking almost all Canadians in this card. Right. I don't know what it is. Well, you do. I, I sometimes you, sometimes you do that. You 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 like that, and then you like the Europeans. So sometimes we get on the I car do. and you and I you do. just go straight Europe. It's just like a like when you show up at the voting booth and you just go straight Democrat all the way down, the, or yeah, or whatever whatever it is that you vote for. I have a hard time believing that. Yeah, you've, I don't know. You've made many uh, right. Republican picks in your life, but I never um, vote again. I never vote for the people that are running unopposed. That's one hmm. thing for the oh, local politics. Hmm. Because fuck them. Right? It's, why should they get my vote? No one's <laughs> even going up against them. I anyway. actually was just talking to uh, some uh, this woman, Amanda Bolden. I don't know if you've uh, ha- ever had a chance to meet her. She was, uh, she would come to laugh for die all the time, but she was a state representative. And I started a conversation with her the other day about potentially running for state rep. I don't know why, yeah, I, I, don't know why I would consider remember, doing I do that. But you do yeah. remember meeting her. Yeah. I don't know why I would consider doing that, but we had a lengthy conversation about it, and I did get a lot You're of good right. information. <laughs> be a good way to promote the podcast. They, they would listen to all old episodes. And <laughs> yeah, right. Old, 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 yeah, like, that's right. Do you want to vote for someone that refers to people as limey twat? <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Uh, uh, I, I wouldn't mind. Uh, I'll go on the record. I'll go on record. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm already oh, on record. I, uh, oh, I'm already on record. Oh, never mind. Uh, I, I am. Uh, I do support the European fighters. I showed off the the Bisping glove I had. Uh, I just got my Conor McGregor autographed glove uh, in the mail today. So now I've got two hands of European champions. Nice. So, are you? Uh, do you? Are you working on a frame for those? Are you going to put them in some sort of? Uh, yeah, box or I, something. I should, some sort of uh, what are they? Right now, those? they're just they're hanging from my ceiling. Um, ah. I should probably get some kind of a frame for them. They make specialty ones, but right, I can probably get something cheaper. All uh, right, the next next fight down the card: uh, Olivier Abon Mercier versus Tibalt Guti. I can't. Uh, Guti, yeah, uh, yes. I got uh, Oban Mercier in this one, right here. Oh, Canada, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's right. <laughs> All right. Had a performance of the night uh, against Jake Lindsay on the McDonald Safadine card, October 2014. Uh, yeah, he didn't win his last one. His last time out, he, he didn't look great. He fought uh, Diego Ferreira, and he did lose that fight. Yeah. But I see him turning it around. He's the big favorite. Uh, the end of the losing streak. And then, of course, the, the, the women's flyweight card, Joanne Calderwood, who trains in Canada, although is Scottish, she trains at um, with GSP and Rory and mm. uh, 
TriStar. But he's going up against American top teams, Valerie Latourneau, uh, North American top team. But um, I'm, I'm picking Latourneau. She, she's big. She's huge for straw weight. She's fought at bantamweight before. But I think this is the um, ideal weight class for her. And I also think that the UFC will have a flyweight division in the near future. And I think that'll be a good thing, especially with all the weight cutting. Um, Misha Tate said on her podcast this week that she's interested in fighting at flyweight. So, um, I mean, that she can cut down to flyweight. So, we'll so see. It could make things so interesting. She's trying to work on two titles? The, we'll see. They first no. have to come up with the division. But um, I think that the uh, the pack will be thinned in bantamweight. I think a lot of people will be interested in, um, or a lot of straw weights, excuse me, will be interested in not cutting as much weight well, with the present state of USADA restrictions, as well as starting with UFC 200, where the UFC is... Uh, adding stipulations that you have to be within 8% of your body weight that you're going to be fighting at on the Tuesday before the fight camp, which is something that um, men, male fight weight champion Demetrius Johnson said is, quote, not going to happen, bro, for him. So <laughs> uh, pretty defiant. There is no penalties at, the, at this time, but it just says that if you're not – they're going to have someone to monitor you, basically for health reasons. So, I mean, theoretically, the weight cutting regulations are for fighter health and safety. Right. But with DJ, he says he knows how to cut weight. He's never missed it. Uh, he doesn't. He he walks around. I think he, this is one thirty three on fight week, and so he, he's cutting one thirty three. Is that what you said? Eight pounds. So that's not, that's not terrible. So that's my last pick. Who are you picking, Calderwood or Latorno? Uh, I'm gonna go with Calderwood. I'm gonna go with the Limey. Yeah. This is a, that's a tough one All for you right. because you have a you have a She's European. Not limey. She's from Scotland. She's a platy. Something oh. oh. Uh, so that's a tough one for you because you have a Canadian and a and a European. How do you go? How do you go? How do you do this? Canadian now living in Florida. I'm going Letourneau. Letourneau. All right. I also have a massive crush on her. All right. Well, lovely. Well, we'll try and get her on the podcast so you can. Yeah. You can so that's it. Hopefully, uh, and there's plenty more. Check out FS2. Don't forget. Check out FS2, uh, and uh, listen to the podcast on. Um, iTunes, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Podbean, Fans.fm, and of course you can watch the video on our YouTube channel. Um, it's it's so strange every time you call back in uh, when we're having a conversation. I have it at a reasonable volume, but for whatever reason, when you call back in, the volume of the ring is deafening, and it scares the shit out of me yeah. every time. And I hope uh, I hope. Folks enjoyed the interview with Donnie Villanueva. <laughs> I hope you get it. I hope you enjoy it when you get a chance to listen to it, Matt Cohen. I will eventually enjoy it as well. And uh, 
And that's it. We'll uh, we'll check in next right. week after the after UFC Ottawa and and the talk about everything. Spotty internet. Say that again. Sorry about my spotty internet. Oh yeah. But. Uh, so hopefully we'll have a better internet next time, or even better. Uh, I plan on being down in Boston. Um, and are you going to be watching the fights live? You have gigs this weekend. Uh, I do. I have a lot of shows this weekend, so I don't know. I don't know when Ottawa is. I know that we covered it. You said it was a weird time. Saturday at ten thirty. I said it sixteen times. Saturday at ten thirty. Um, I ha- no, I won't be watching it live. So I'll have to watch it. Okay. I have to watch it later. I have a I have a gig Saturday night. Uh, I've got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday shows. So. I'll try and do my right. best to get as much rest as I can and not blow my voice out. Save that voice. Uh, you got it. That's it, my man. I hope all is well with you. Uh, I'm going to sign out and go probably directly to bed because I am right. well, still pretty dang sick. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, get well soon. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Ooh, thank you for tuning in. Oh, peace. So long. MMA Maniacs over and out. Nick David here with the MMA Maniacs podcast. I'm talking with uh, UFC middleweight standout Tamden the Barn Cat McCrory. What's happening, man? Just chilling, dude. Getting ready for Saturday. How do you feel? You feel good? You feel you feel prepared? Yeah, man. Feeling good. Feeling prepared. I mean, all the hard. I mean, nothing's gonna change. Nothing's gonna get worse or better this week. You know, so really all we're trying to do is just keep the uh, pump primed and get on weight, and that's about it. Nice. Well, you seem, uh, since you've come back into the into the fight game, you seem like a, a reborn man. Your last three fights have been just outstanding. Just, just every single one of them is gnarly. That knockout of Brennan Ward was six pinpoint unanswered shots that were gnarly uh and then the fight with salmon was i was so excited after after watching both your fights and and belts where i was like man what is next for this dude uh and steve was in the ring he was calling out for a belt i was like yeah who belt and they said next thing i hear you're back in the ufc i was like awesome and uh one of the things i really love about your game is uh, there's not a lot of people there's a lot of people that are really good at jujitsu, but there's not uh, not everyone can translate it over into MMA. Um, and right. that's one thing that I really like about your game is that you're constantly attacking, you're constantly chaining things together. You're going from the armbar to the omoplata to the to the uh, triangle, back to the armbar again. Uh, that's one. That's one of the things I really like about your game is that uh, is, is how hard you're working in there. To, you know, I see guys that are really high level BJJ guys that lie on their back and they don't do anything. They just keep you from passing their guard and then try not to get hit while they're on the bottom. Um, right. And well, I mean, if you look at my, if you look at anything of what I've done, like my goal when I'm out there is to get the fight done and over with. So any step, there's no step to you know that I'm taking that's going to be like just hang out and relax it's it's fine to finish get out of here get paid go home go do some other things you know so um I take that approach you know I'm <clears throat> I'm training to be the best fighter that I can be and when I am on top of my game I can beat anybody so that's what we're always trying to achieve you know is 
is put in the work, prime ourselves to perform at our best, and then go out there and perform at our best. So, and are you are you the type of fighter that does a lot of research on your opponent and formulates a game plan, or are you the type of fighter that just works solely on getting better at what you're good at? I well, actually, counter to what most people do, I spend most of my time working on all the things that I suck at. So uh, I think that what happens is a lot of fighters have, like, an intangible or they have a skill set that, like, really works for them and pushes them to a certain point. And they, but they continue to make, develop that skill. And not all the time do fighters end up focusing on their weaknesses or, if not weaknesses, their limited strengths, you know? So for me, I always try to work towards what's going to make me have an answer no matter where the fight goes, whether that's my boxing, my kicking, my wrestling, my jiu-jitsu, you know. I never want to be in a, you know, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable fighting. And ultimately, you don't, I don't want to be in a position that I'm, I can't find comfort in, you know. So I work on all, you know, facets of my game so that I, I'm never going to be in a position where I'm like, oh, no, what do I do? Or, you know, I'm always going to have an answer for my opponent. Well, you certainly never look worried in there. <laughs> you certainly, you always look comfortable. So uh, you, you never look like, uh, oh, shit, what's happening now? Uh, so you can tell you've, you've definitely put those, uh, put those hours in being in those uncomfortable situations. You're up at middleweight now. Are you planning on staying at middleweight? Is that a more comfortable weight for you? Yeah, middleweight is, I'm definitely, I would be a very small 205 pounder. I think I'm right in the middle at 185. Um, so I think that as far as like, I mean, I can make the weight with, uh, limited struggle, I should say. And, um, you know, there's everybody has their opinions on cutting weight or weight cutting or weight cutting rules and IVs and all that stuff like that. But I mean, I, I think that the best, um, the best for me is a middleweight. And, you know, you have to do some sort of form of weight cutting. And like, there's a guy who gave an interview a while back that said, if you're not wanting to cut 20 to 30 pounds, someone else will, you know? And, um, but you also have to look at it as uh, what type of, you know, the, the, there's a lot of diminishing returns. So, Absolutely. You know, if I'm I was just going to say that. Pounds, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, okay, I can diet down to 15 pounds and cut 15 pounds, you know, then I my performance is going to be better than if I stay, you know, 30 pounds and cut 30 pounds, you know, and then fight or perform like crap so you gotta you have to weigh those options and i think 185 as it's proven in the past is, is kind of where i need to be well you were very young when you came into this sport and so i imagine your I imagine your physiology changed quite a bit in the time that you were off <laughs> yeah definitely i mean i had a kid so i got some dad strength you know it's like yeah. that, <laughs> an, an intangible strength that you get after you breed children you know so um, but yeah, I, I, you know, throughout the end of my career, 
or my first career, my first stint, I guess you could say, before my release, I, you know, was struggling to control my weight to the point of making 170. And, you know, I weigh, like, pretty much, I walk at similar amounts um, now as to what I was cutting at 170, you know, so... It's like one of those things where you look at it sometimes, you know, every once in a while, you look at it and you go like, man, I'm, I'm weighing the same weight as I did when I was making 170. But then again, you remember just how horrible it was trying to make that weight. I mean, it was like nobody's ever been more worried about my health or well-being as they were when I fought uh, John Howard. So we're trying to avoid a hard cut. like that. You know, you, you got you to gotta do what? Uh, you got to do, you know, there's no, no amount of weight cutting in the world is going to make up for, you know, your skills or, or whatever. So I'm better apt to develop myself as a martial artist and just kind of find a weight class that's comfortable. And, and 185 is that for me. Nice. Well, you're a very exciting fighter. You're one of my favorites to watch. I'm really looking forward uh, to your bout on Saturday with Christoph Jotko. And uh, I wish you the best of luck, my friend. I appreciate you taking the time and uh, and chatting with me here on the MMAniacs podcast. Uh, would you like to give a plug to your school before before we get out of here? Yeah, uh, to say a big thank you to um, Broom County Martial Arts. You can check us out at broomcountymartialarts.com. And also all of my uh, friends and families and cohorts through uh, uh, Team Balance and specifically uh, Ty Kai Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu up in Syracuse, New York. And then I got to thank my manager, Jimmy Benz, for all of his uh, good work getting me to that, this point and having the faith in me. And then also uh, Trent Cotney and his website, TrentCotney.com. You probably hear his name a little bit. He's he's one of those guys that's still doing something for fighters in the Reebok era, or the Heebok era, as it's called. <laughs> so, um, you know, give make sure uh check him out and be thankful for guys like that that are still uh, sticking through. Right on. Well, thank you again, Tanman. Best of luck on Saturday, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, buddy. You have a good one, man. I hope you feel better. <laughs> Thanks. Take care. All right, buddy. Bye. All right, bye. All right, Nick David here with the MMAniacs podcast. I'm speaking with UFC heavyweight standout Gabriel Gonzaga. What's up, Nepal? Hello. What's up? How are you? Good, good. Uh, so I... Uh, there's a there's a few things I uh, I wanted to talk to you about. Um, one, uh, I know that recently, um, so you're you're one of the founding members. You started Team Link with Marco Alvin, and uh, and now you uh, you guys have you've broken off, and now you started your own school called Squared. Is it Squared or G Squared? It's Squared BJJ Squared, just Squared. Uh, would be G Squared, but then. I decide to be just squared. Squared, but it's a play off of your yeah. name that it's two G's, G squared. That's the that's the kind of the idea of it, right? Yes, that's what they start. So how's that going so far? What uh, how's that going, and and uh, 
what what led to the to you wanting to to move on to to do your own school um when i come from from brazil to here marco invited me to make a team with him that's why when i decide to come to usa when i come to here then i start to teach uh on his school in ludlow and uh he teach all the days too so we have pretty much built a uh, team link from from scratch from zero myself and him I bring some uh, influence people from Brazil and my influence people uh, in then I could you know influence people for helping to grow the brand and he had uh, his uh, good marketing skills good teaching skills so we did uh, the biggest team in New England in 10 years. But uh, as uh, any partnership, sometimes uh, two minds don't think the same way forever. Right. I was uh, I was leading the, the team, uh, representing the team, putting uh, my face over there on the biggest event in the world, like UFC. And uh, I was uh, become a, uh, world champion in 2006. I was being team link already. I developed the, 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 the logo. I made myself the logo on the computer. I went to him at uh, Home Depot. We got a link. I took a picture and see, and I did everything. And he did the marketing. He, he's a really good guy on marketing. He, he run a different uh, part of the business. Yeah, but then after a while, ten years from now, I would like to make some money from the business <laughs> because the business, uh, the business uh, I had at the, the school for ten years, and I make the same amount of money than I'm teaching by myself. Right, and I come with some ideas uh, uh, of affiliate fees, and uh, you know, to be able to invest on the team without being my pocket money because I take it out from uh, my uh, pocket to invest it. I'm not sure I understood what you just said. Say that say that one more time. I was trying to make uh, the, the, uh, some profit from the brain right. itself. Yep. Uh, I, I make my money teaching the class like Brian America had his own school. Uh, a lot of different affiliates they have their own school. Right, Brian and America, they make the, money. Uh, the Manly Brothers, they have their own school, yeah. Yeah, right. and they make their money teaching. Right. So I wasn't make I I I am by myself doing my money teaching. So it's not fair. Then I did the whole these years this this, this branding progress, and right now. I make the same amount of money than everybody else teaching. So my right. idea was to make a, a brand, a company brand, and that brand to make profits because I don't make, I, I never did a penny from Team Link. Uh, you never made a penny from Team Link. Yeah. Wow. I had uh, like a, a one affiliate fee, $150 a month uh, from one affiliate. But that's it. And I sent, I, I, I sold some geese to my students, and Marco sold geese to his students. 
And that's another thing too, that the brain makes money, but that's it. So then I was teaching, and then I, I, I decided to have a, one idea, and then he didn't like the idea. And uh, as a partner, he didn't back me up. I have some uh, problem with another affiliate, Igor, uh, from Framer. He, he didn't want to pay me the gifts that he got it because I opened school close to him, and uh, he got mad with me. Man, if uh, my I cannot open a school whatever I want because my own gym, my own uh, brain. So right. I decided to leave. You know, I decided to leave. I said I not even killed the brain because I have a lot of a lot of nice guys there. Uh, like I said, Brian America, Eric Manantino, a lot of different black belts. That's really nice guy. I didn't want to affect the guy trying to kill the brain. I just left him, build my own, and I start from scratch, and uh, uh, I'll, I'll be fine. I I will survive. So you have now you have a uh, you have the school in Framingham now. No, I had the one in Natick. It's not Natick, in right. So you have Natick. the school in Natick and but, you have one in in, uh, in Worcester. Yeah, but it wasn't uh, like a big uh, deal because a different uh, public, you know, people with money living in Natick, people with no money living in Fremont, so they don't mix too much. Uh, it's crossed. Like really five minutes distance, ten minutes distance, but I never got one student off him, and right, I right. I was there for a year, and a lot of the guys uh, uh when I start to lose the, my fight in UFC, they give the back to me. That's the truth. I, it's mm-hmm. nice to be a team when uh, <laughs> you winning. When I was losing, they don't they don't wanna uh, be my. Uh, back me up, be mm. my partners, be my friends, my team. They turned it back to me. And mm. then I decided to leave, you know, build my own team from scratch with my friend and the couple guys that stay with me. That uh, These guys, I know they are my team. They are with me, you know. They're not with the brand, the big name brand, Team Link. Then I made it with Marco. And they, they are more with the brand than with me. So... Let it be. Uh, everybody have uh, their own life, different uh, view of life. I don't want to be the biggest team on earth. I want to have the best friends on the uh, on my team. That's yeah. my goal for. Well, that's a good. That's a good goal. It's a. It's a. Yeah, it's a, but, it's yeah, a bummer course, that all that had up. to go down to 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 uh, to get you where you are now, but. Um, you know, it's exciting yeah, now. I don't now, now make you're some doing money too. I'm not. I'm not crazy. I want money too. I yeah. pay my bills. I have. Yeah, but, but uh, I, in the other side, I, I support my friends. I, I want to. I need to paint my house. Example. I, I'm gonna try to look for a friend of mine to paint my house and pay him. Right. Not gonna go in some place that I don't know. So that's uh, backing up friendship. That's a team. That's what the team do. Like everybody help each other. Yeah. And I, I believe in that concept. You know, norm, knowing uh, the money is involved because everybody needs money to 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 live. 
but uh, it's not the uh, the first door. That so just to show there, I le- I left the chain link. I didn't get a penny. I give everything to Mark. So uh, he's had the chain. He sell the keys. Then he bought from me for thirty six dollars. He sell the keys for the guy, and I I I, I passed to him a uh, hundred uh, something keys, and he just paid me a chip. <laughs> Just to, to to help me out, mm. and, but I don't care. That's the life, you know. Uh, Marco helping uh, build my life than I have today, and I, I left from Brazil to come here, and he showed me the way to uh, to be here, to stay here, uh, and, and make some money. So I did everything because of him. Uh, so I'm really glad that uh, we had this partnership, but right now is the time to over and move it on. So it's a, so it's ex, it's exciting that you that you have your own thing going now. What are what are your plans? Uh, you have the, the the two schools that are that are open right now. Yeah, I have a uh, Shrewsbury Street three 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 Worcester. Yep. Man, that that's going high really fast, packing up. Uh, <laughs> we bring uh, like 60 students to the tournament, uh, five got medals. So, uh, my George got a uh, gold medal. Someone got second, third. Man, uh, nice. I, I, I am a world champion. I, I won a third, uh, uh, my, my medal in the biggest event on earth in, in 2006, 10 years ago. Yeah. I know how to need be done. I did to myself. Now who want to learn from me? I'm 100% full-time uh, coach. I'm teaching the guys to be a champion. If they want to be a champion, come to my gym and they're going to learn. That's uh, a fact, you know. Before I was on cheating, I, I had uh, four, four fights in one year. I wasn't that, that much. I wasn't show up that much because I need to train for my fight right. and for to represent my team at the time. I I, I need to go there and put my my face there with my my brand with everything and get hit. I get couple scars, but right now I'm a teacher. Right now I'm gonna teach you if you wanna learn how to do. I did it. I know how to do. I'm gonna help you out. That's the truth. And what, uh, is there, I know there was some talk, uh, a while ago about doing one of the Metamorphs events. Is that, uh, is that, yeah. is that, is that still in negotiation? Or have uh, you set a date? I did, or? A, I, I did it by mouth with the guy. I told him I was going to do it. He put my name on the, the, the board, on the, the billboard, or whatever the, the, but I don't know because the guy not gonna fight. He's supposed to have a fight, uh, MMA fight together. So you know how that rolls. Uh, probably he's gonna give a priority to the MMA, and then uh, he's gonna if he ha- don't get injury, he will be there. July twenty third. Uh, supposedly I had fight uh, on Meta Morris. With the Judoka guy, I don't know his name is complicated for me. <laughs> but he's a, he's a he's a judo guy. Yeah, he's a judo guy. And he's also he's also an MMA fighter. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's an Olympic medalist in judo, so oh, wow. really high level. Yeah, super high level judo. Yeah. Has he? Does he have a lot of jujitsu experience? I don't know. Hmm. Uh, I, I, he he fought with Krokop MMA fight. He's really in good shape, strong. So maybe ready. Well, speaking of MMA, uh, are we going to see uh, Gabriel Gonzaga in the octagon again, or what? Uh, I, I wasn't fired, but at the same time, uh, my contract's over with UFC, so I don't know. If they call me, if they offer me a good money, and they give me a, a good fight, I can still fight. If you're not, I'm fine too. I'm not going to look for MMA fight or keep just because MMA fighting. Uh, I will come back to fighting grappling. I just did a Naga last time. It was a really uh, small tournament, but it's a nice way to start. I plan to do the Master Mondial this year. Uh, with oh, nice. The, yeah. When is that? When are, the, when are the Mondays? Yes. When, when uh, is but, that? Uh, the, when is, I think it's August, August or September. I, I'm not sure, but it's kind of far. I, I, I never stopped to train. I was training, training with my students, getting ready for whatever happens. If they call me tomorrow with a fight, uh, I can go, you know. Uh, and you, I'll, I always I keep uh, a good training. Not the best dream, of course, but the good one. And let me ready to to fight. Uh, BJJ can fight any time because I I can lay out on my skills to supply the the conditioning. Yeah. But MMA is is kind of rough because it needs to be really on sharp. So I need more time, of course. But other than that, I'm ready to go, man. I, I keep training, I keep going. Uh, having fun with my students, training, make them rough. Uh, one of the best things to make them good is putting myself to help them there. So I, I roll with my students every day. I try to, to pass as much as I can rolling with them, like physically, uh, not just theory. Like, is there, is there anybody that gives you a hard time in your gym? Because I know no, I, I've no. Ro- I've rolled with you before, and I uh, uh, there's nothing that I can do. <laughs> when, no, it's another level. I I don't have a black belt training with me right now. Oh, but okay. even a young a young black belt uh, should not be giving me a trouble. Uh, I I I got my black belt in '99, oh, so yeah. I have 17 years of black belt. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, getting old. Uh, <laughs> I was, uh. Well, you're still pretty young. What, how, how old are you? 35? 37. 37. Yeah, getting there. But, but I have, uh, good DNA. I'm big, strong. Yeah. That helps. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> so, so, it's safe but, to say you don't, you don't have, uh, do you have, any world championship aspirations as far as mixed martial arts go? Would you ever, would you consider, um, you know, if you say the UFC called you and you got 
you know, two or three wins under your belt. Would that motivate you to, to consider that, uh, you're still in the game? I still in the game, man. The reality is that look at my losses. I, I, I have a couple of losses. Two losses wasn't for, uh, wasn't, a, uh, for a big name. But the other yeah, yeah. whole losses was for the, uh, champion or, or challenger of cha- champion. Like, uh, I, I lost to Carwin and he fought for the belt. I lost for, Miochichi, he become a champion. I lost to, 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 uh, Verdun, he's a champion. I lost to Rand Couture as mm-hmm. a champion. I lost, my loss is for the top guys. Yeah. And every day can be a different fight, you know. I can't fight today with any, uh, any different name of that. So do you, ha- so do you have, do you have world championship aspirations? Do you, do you think, like, I could be the, I could be the world champion? Cause I do. I, when I, when I, when I, when I look at you, I go, this dude's got all the tools. He's got all, every, all the tools that he needs to be the best, to be at the very top of the heavyweight division. And every, everything on, on your life, you need to put in order of priority. Hmm. My priority is my family. I'm not going to lose time with my family to be a, a world champion. Right. If, if I can be a world champion with my training the way that I do, Fine. If you're not, it's okay too, because I know what I, uh, what level I am, and I know then I can beat anyone from that division. Anyone. But yeah, I, I think I so too. <laughs> train, yeah, I should train differently, but to train differently uh, would put my my wife and kids aside, and that. Uh, is one thing that I don't want to do. Mm. I prefer to don't be a champion and, and, and my my kids have a memory that their daddy was beside them the whole time. Mm. You know, every time then I, uh, I fight, I should be away two months. One year I fought four times. Imagine be away uh, two months, four times, eight months a year out of home. I don't yeah. want to bear. That's I don't want to do that for my life. Uh, I, I try to do, be close. Uh, Massachusetts is uh, taking care really well of my family, my kids. I'm not going to move for uh, because I'm crazy and go, I want to be a champion, move. And if I don't be a champion, I'm going to be really bad to uh, my, my kids. Mm. And don't be a champion. So don't have a really a uh, formula. You cannot uh, train and train and train and say, "Oh, I trained that much, I will win." It's not that. You can see that big names lost to uh, right now. With and they really train a lot, and they lost to all the names, big names too. So uh, the 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 math is not easy. Because the results is a variation of results, and I'm not I'm not putting my time out by the lucky. I'm gonna take it out this uh, this time from my my wife and kids, and then lose a fight that I shouldn't want, like I did a couple times, and I uh, win a fight that I should lose, like I did a couple times. So. Uh, MMA life is a hard lifestyle. It's not to everybody. 
I'm I'm there for since 2005. Wow. So 10 years, 11 years. That's uh, a long time. Life. It's a long time to be if, getting uh, hit in the head. <laughs> yeah, and, and if you're training, how should be training? Your body's getting beat up, your life getting mad. You can see a lot of uh, uh, old champions or, or old fighters or a lot of guys didn't stay on the game. I was fighting and I, I saw guys come up and retire before me because it's tough. I understand them. I don't judge them. I understand that's hard to keep on the game when the game's too rough. And heavyweight division, it, it, one punch can change the fight. I lost my last fight uh, for a guy that uh, I believe uh, I should not lose. But he's a heavyweight. He did what's supposed to be done, and he punched me in my face. I fell. But, mm. you know. That's the thing, that's the thing have, with the heavyweight division is that every single person in the heavyweight division has knockout power. Yeah. You, yeah. Uh, you know and, that uh, better uh, than anybody. A low-skill guy can win a high-skill guy by the rules. Mm. Because the rules is if you take too long in the position, come back to standing. So come back to, 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 to rule it. You know, because rule, stand is a roulette and a heavyweight. Uh, the guy throw wild punch, and if you want connected, that's it. Don't need to be uh, a sharp punch. Yeah. So you're not saying that you're retiring, but you're not actively looking for any fights. Is that is that a safe is that a safe thing to say? Yes, perfectly. Yeah, if they give me a nice fight. With uh, uh, the money that I'm used to receive, I'm not gonna fight for less than I I, uh, I was receiving. But if they pay me the, the my my money, and I can fight, I still can fight. But I'm not gonna uh, knock on the door there. Please let me fight and fight for half of the price. It's not my goal. I'm over there. I, I'm done over there already. Right. I did. Uh, I did fight for $500 on the beginning of my career. My <laughs> first fight in UFC, my first fight in UFC, if I lose, I was going to get out from the fight only money because I fought uh, three and three, three to win and three, uh, three to show up. So if I lost, it would be just three. Just the medicals was $2,000. MRI, blood work, uh, uh. No, you had to pay that out of your pocket? Yeah. No, every single fight pay, uh, pay from the pocket, the medicals. So. You have to pay for your own medicals. Yes, everybody. So you're, so you're getting paid $3,000, but you have to spend $2,000 on your medicals. Yes. Ugh. And plus the, plus the, uh, the, the gym, plus the food, plus the trip, plus the, you know, the time away from your job because you need to train, plus, uh, plus the manager. So if I lose the fight, I'll be getting out from the fight owning money. So I know uh, how hard it is uh, I starting. So I don't want to be a, a harding time anymore. I don't need that anymore. I can keep teaching my, my students, have my own gym and Live the life slow like that. Don't need to rush, and that's it. Well, it's really been great talking to you, man. I, I, I um, 
you know, I I'd love to see you fight again. If you don't, I I I, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Uh, but I I hope I hope to see that you, I hope to see you fight again. But I'm also really interested in seeing you uh, in the jujitsu competitions. Uh, I'm really really interested to see how you uh, how things go with the Moondials and and uh, and the Metamoris and and just uh, I love watching your I, I love watching and seeing how things are progressing for you in, in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu uh, as far as competing there. Um, so I'll continue to watch you there and I'm going to, I'm going to come down to Worcester sometime soon and roll with you. Definitely is more than welcome. And uh, you, you are familiar since the beginning. I was there with Vaca there, visiting you there. So that's nice. And more than welcome to come here. The gym is open to anyone to visit uh, first classes. No fee. Anyone can come, show up, visit, give me a training. And, uh, and that's it. Awesome. Do you, got, do you guys have a website yet or anywhere we can tell people to go to, to look up Square yeah. Jiu-Jitsu? GabrielGonzagaBJJ.com uh, and NeticBJJ.com. Uh, have uh, the majority of the information there. And also, you can follow me in my in my Facebook account too, uh, my Facebook page. I'm more active, uh, active over there. For every every update, I put in a picture. Almost every class, I'm showing everybody how the team is growing. Like in six months, then I I got uh, back to teaching. Uh, the classes are full. Everybody's winning the tournament. I uh, could not be more happy. Did you have a lot of people uh, when you? Because it's still the same gym that you had when it was Team Link. Uh, did a lot of people stay with you when you when you changed to Squared, or uh, did did people did people go to Team Link, or was it half and half? Uh, few guys stayed with me. Some guys that wasn't my student because the student is not just pay off fee. In my uh, view of BJJ, is not that. Pay the fee. You pay the fee to go to the grocery store uh, to, <laughs> to train with an instructor. And then the guy become your teacher, your master, your coach, whatever you want to call. That person is there to guide you. Who had me guiding them? Stay with me. Who was there just to uh, to, to have fun and... Uh, and show off and being the biggest team in New England that Team Link was. I don't know how long we will be there because my last competition got second place already uh, with my students. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, damn, they was there just because the brand. I built the brand, but wasn't my students. Was the students of the brand. So they, who stay there with me right now? They are my students because mm. I I treat them as a as a student and I give my best to everyone in my class to learn BJJ, to get better on BJJ. So because Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, if you don't uh, have someone to teach you, you're gonna have years in years and years to learn because. It's not just go to YouTube, watch, and do it in the gym. 
You right. need to have someone to break this down for you, break the point down. I had my master then, I was my side, uh, always Van der Braga, always showing me details. Do that, put your hand there, put your hand here. And I do that for my students. I, I make my students grow faster than the other students. Now, that's why you're going to see the, uh, my name, uh, my new brand growing up so fast because is a fact. I know how to build guys. I know how to make the guys getting better. Right on. I look forward to seeing uh, seeing your school grow, and uh, and uh, I'll be down to train with you soon, my friend. See you then. All right. Uh, Nick David of the MMAniacs podcast, and Gabriel Gonzaga signing out. Signing out. That's the end. No, read it. The MMAniacs podcast brought to you by Team Link of Hookset, New Hampshire. They're located at 1338 Hookset Road in Hookset, and their phone number is 603-641-3444. Their website is www.teamlinkhooksetnh.com. Uh, I've been training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about 20 years, and for the last four years I've been training at Team Link, and it's one of the best schools I've ever trained at. Um, there's a lot of great instructors over there. There's no knuckleheads whatsoever. A lot of people there that are trying to help you get better at whatever it is that you want to study. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, kickboxing, mixed martial arts, karate, whatever it is that you want to study for martial arts, they've got somebody there to teach you the right way to do it. Uh, so if you go there, you tell them that the MMAniacs podcast sent you. They'll give you a free T-shirt and 30 free days to try out the school. Uh, again, their phone number is 603-641-3444, and their website is teamlinkhooksetnh.com.